0: Welcome to go Forth Side Effects. I'm your host, Kevin Simon, and y'all know my co-host, John. John, how are you doing this evening?
1: Hello, everyone. Doing good. Doing good. Thank you.
0: And tonight, we got Thomas. Thomas, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing all right. How are y'all?
0: Doing good. I'm so, good. Uh, tonight, we're going to talk about, you know, our, all of our times during Desert Storm, you know, Thomas, but uh, let's talk about what years that you went in and everything
2: sure um i joined um in 1989 just right out of high school i think it was in june into june went to fort sill oklahoma for basic training and and uh in ait and uh became a 13 mic multiple launch rocket system crew member and uh, most people know it as h mars now um uh and then was uh, uh stationed at fort bragg north carolina um from 1989 until I got out in 1991. I was actually on a two-year try-it-if-you-like-it try kind of a program. Um, I decided I'd rather go to college and get out. I did get out um, and stayed out for about a year. And then uh, decided to go ahead and join the National Guard. So I joined the Virginia National Guard. I was with the 2nd of the 116th um, Light Infantry Regiment. Um, became 11 Bravo and stayed with them until the end of my eight year commitment, which was in nine, uh, September of 97.
0: Dang, man, that's a long time. A man, you became an old man yeah. in
2: the military. I was only oh, a specialist oh. out of all of it. <laughs> I was only a specialist <laughs> before, before mafia for life. It, it, it was a bad thing. I got out of, the, out of the army early at two years. So it didn't quite make the time period to, to be a specialist. So. I got out as a PFC, went into the National Guard as a PFC, but I couldn't make specialist until I became MLS qualified. So I had to wait an entire year after I joined to go to a two-week infantry qualification school at Fort Lee in Virginia. Um, I'm sorry, Fort AP Hill in Virginia. And uh, after I did that, I got my E4. But by the time all that was said and done, my commitment was almost up. So E4 Mafia for life. Yeah. Well,
0: I I tell you what's funny is I was telling the guy, he was telling me he was like, Hey man, I was uh uh I, after I be he was supposed to made in the Navy and he said, you know, about after the age of twenty six, twenty seven, that's that's considered an old man on a ship. I was like, Shit, you know, you're right. You know, and it's funny cause I remember my BM one and my chief, you know, they're in their 30s and 40s and you're like you know that dang man they're kind of old to be on this ship if you think about it but let's talk about your time when you went into desert storm let's talk about what you did and where y'all where you were at
2: sure um well i mean once it all happened uh we were actually at fort bragg north carolina which is a very rapid deployment base we happened to be the hot battery that month in August of 90. And my platoon, my fire platoon happened to be the hot fire platoon that month.
0: What's hot um, fire? What the hell is hot fire?
2: What it means is you're the first if if you need to show. So, um, in other words, they got on the C-141s or the C-5s and boom, they were in Saudi Arabia within 48 hours. Um, so, my entire fire, fire platoon, all the launchers and the ammunition trucks and everything else, they, for that fire platoon, all went in advance within days of of the invasion. I stayed back at Fort Bragg. I was the platoon sergeant driver. So I stayed back to get all the rest of our stuff and our supplies with our platoon ready to be loaded up on the merchant marine ships in Wilmington and, uh, and then deployed with the rest of the battalion um, as the whole battalion deployed, which was... About maybe 14 days later or something like that can't remember exact time period but it's written down somewhere Man. um then we got to da- i believe it was uh daharan um got off the plane we stayed at a i can't remember the name of it but it was a national guard um uh, saudi national guard facility um and we acclimated to the weather <laughs> shit. Yeah, shit. we all know I, what that was. That was top four, baby. That was top four.
1: <laughs> I laughed. It was like seventy freaking degrees when we arrived there, and they put us all in formation, and and you know we were all ordered to drink, you know, a bunch of bunch of water. And I'm like, it's like perfect weather here. We're not sweating. It's not even hot. I don't know
2: what I don't know what <laughs> Saudi you went to. I got off that plane and I felt like an egg frying. It was like 110 and a GP medium and but oh. they crammed us into and they gave us hot water had been sitting underneath <laughs> that tarp i mean underneath that tent all day it was it was miserable
1: but you arrived what month did you arrive in
2: august of 1990.
1: oh see well there there's a difference i i got there i think it was in november so i was a little yeah, later
2: there in the rainy cold season yeah 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 <laughs> if yeah. you can call it that you know yeah, yeah. okay and you. And yeah, you it was definitely you, you different in august
1: and you arrived there now, so you were you were uh you you had a different acronym. Um I said MRS and you said then later eleven bravo. So while you were in, in country, while well, I was were... in
2: active duty all through Saudi Arabia through the whole active duty thing, I was a multiple launch rocket system crew member, which is 13 Mike. So National should... Guard, I was 11 Bravo. I never deployed as eleven Bravo. I just so, was a National Guard move. Let,
1: let me let me pick your brain because we had another uh Another fellow vet on that did that, you know, and I know there's certain things you can't share with us, but see if you give me the same information. How many How many of them damn things are on on board one of those? How many rockets are on board?
2: On an on M277 launcher, it's built on an M2 Bradley fighting vehicle chassis, and um, uh, it does have, a, I believe, a twin turbo uh, Detroit uh, diesel engine in it. It's capable of going up to 50, 55 miles an hour. So it will stay with the M1 Abrams. It will stay with the Bradleys. Um, each ah. one had 12 rocket, twelve rockets, two six-packs in two different bays. They were all done by hydraulics on the LLN, which was the loader launcher module that moved off to the side. So the thing ah. would go up, go over to the side. The gunner is the one that would control it by a remote control that was tethered in the back, and he controlled the whole operation. The ammo yeah. truck come up along the side, and they had a boom truck on the back. They would boom two more brand-new rocket pods, and they'd be actually ready to go. So when the you drop, you just move your module over, and you pick up the new ones, load them in, and then go off to your next firing position. All that should take no more than a few minutes.
0: Shit. I went, really? I went to the wrong part of the service then. I don't know, man. It was a lot of PMCS on those things. Dude, yeah, I don't know. could you imagine
2: me having that remote control? <laughs> well, that remote control is just loading. the loading. You got to go inside and, and you got to know how to use the computer. Oh, well, the shit.
0: Inside. That lost me right there. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So
0: how long so, were y'all out there? And what were the conditions like? Like, did y'all see oil rig fires and stuff like that?
2: Well, we were, we immediately, as soon as our equipment got there, we went, we put them all in low, boys, and they trucked us out to the western front and, and put us out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, nowhere. And um, <laughs> it, it was like one little hill over here that we had a, an observation point, And then, I mean, just, and it was all flat. I mean, you just see for decades. Um, and that's where we lived until the air war came and when the air war came um we moved up to the western front to the to the to the line on low boys and we wait and we waited um and then that's where we crossed now we crossed the western front and we were the ones that went deep up and then came back down you know towards the the highway of death and we took out all the air air airfields and all kinds of stuff we were we were actually 25 kilometers ahead of any infantry or armor support um we didn't know that but we were um and after after that after the three days we just that was it we came back home did i see the oil fires you asked that no um that, that was all east um and then i don't think the winds really prevailed that way for us um Uh, So I did not see any of the oil fires, though. But I do remember our MA chemical detectors going off. Oh, imagine that. How many times? Imagine that. How many times? But they were faulty. They were faulty.
0: (laughs) See, that's the thing. Over a million times, but they were faulty. Right. But that's the thing I didn't understand. (laughs) Every time the chemical alarms went off, that's the first thing that came out. Uh, They're, you know, having problems. They're faulty right now. And, you know, it's no big deal, guys. But why did everybody? Well, Senator Wrangles,
2: uh you know, well, Senator Rangles and and all those testimonies back in, in the what the late '90s when when it, when he there's a movie actually called what the Gulf War on Prime Video. Um, you have to watch it it's with ads. It's got Ted Danson, there and it goes over the whole story about the cover up of all of Commissera, well, whatever the chemical weapon facility they blew up. And they want us yeah. to tell also- us, um, but Ted Danson questioned all these. Um, um, Higher up brass and said, "Well, what's the error rate or whatever of chemical weapons?" And they they were saying and they said, "Well, if it went off this many times here, and you had this many in the field, then it would have been this many times." And it ended up he said, "An On over one point six million pings, and every one of those is an error." Right. Is, that, is that what you're trying to tell me? And I was like, "I mean, I was just blown away by the numbers when he sent us in." Yeah.
1: So so while you guys were because I was, you know, I was with the combat. Uh, engineer unit and we I remember when things took off and you guys were raining hell down right next to us you guys trucks, truck the, the, your launch rocks were just it was crazy I, I and I, I think very often on this show I make mention especially when a crew member like yourself son and I said and I, I was sitting there I was saying thank God I'm on this side because whoever's on the receiving end you ain't surviving because you guys were just dumping them hard.
2: And I'm like, I'm telling you, I worked with the most professional guys, and um, and I was an old 18-year-old knucklehead, you know. Like I told you, I was a platoon sergeant driver for a reason. You know, my old smoke, Sergeant Jackie, uh Sergeant First Class Jackie Cockerham, God love him, and I'm still in touch with him today. And oh, that's you know, awesome. And, you know, I mean, if he needed me, I would in a heartbeat go to him. He treated me like his like his son. And he put his foot in my ass like when I needed it. <laughs> and he was an old hard country Lawton Oklahoma, you know, E7. So it, there was only two songs, you know, there was only two people we could play in the Humvee. It was Reba McIntyre. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I and like Garf this Brooke. guy. And that was it.
0: <laughs> I and like it this guy.
2: Nobody else, man. So that's what I had to listen to. And I'm trying to bang my head to Metallica as we're going through minefields. No, it's 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 Reba. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I I it it so much makes a difference who your chain, who's who's in your chain of command your NCOs it makes such a phenomenal difference of well, the kind my of my lieutenant you,
2: are, you know what's that mean, my lieutenant too I got to give him a shout out to Lieutenant Michael O'Neill. that guy he was a prior service NCO he knew what it was was what it was wow. to be like and then he got his his commission I couldn't have been more fortunate. Now, my smoke and him butted heads like every LT, well, every platoon leader and every platoon sergeant will because it's the battle of wills there. Right. But in the end, in the end, we never saw that. that kind, that They never showed it to us, even though we knew okay. it went on. They never good. showed it. They were both very professional. I was going to say, that, that yeah, I'm glad a they good, had good professional us. attitude to do I that.
0: T- well, see, our boats and on our ship, he was our, you know, or enlisted officer, and anytime he called your name, your ass knew you were in trouble. And I heard my name. No, I didn't quite want to disappoint
2: either one of them. Okay. You know, my, my superiors, I didn't want to disappoint either one of them. I know I did quite a bit because I mean, my, my mouth wrote a lot of checks, my ass couldn't cash. <laughs> he was, but you know, get your ass over yeah, here. Oh, yeah. I was just that typical 18 <laughs> year old E3 PFC, you know, the one that, you know, would jump in a mud puddle for no reason. You know, I mean, yeah, Stop. but they could be Stop. straight.
1: Let me, let me ask you this, Tom, and we're going to come back to that. I, I want to talk a little bit more about the chain of command because I, 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 I missed out on the last podcast. I had kind of a family emergency. Um, yes, but let, let's add, I, I'm curious, Tom. So uh, when did you first notice that you started having issues?
2: Um, I mean, that, immediately. I mean, I didn't even realize I had PTSD. Surprisingly, I'm really good friends with my ex-wife, who was my wife at the time when I was deployed and came back and um we've had some discussions about it and i don't remember so much about it, but she would tell me about times where i'd wake up in the middle of the night choking the crap out of her trying to kill her. oh wow really yeah wow. yeah and uh, all that kind of and and, and, and and so i had a lot of ptsd issues but and, and anger issues and resentfulness issues that i'm still working on you know i mean mm-hmm. PTSD is not what people think it is and um it took me a long time to realize you know what the symptoms were and to accept the fact that hey maybe something did affect me over there maybe I saw yeah. some stuff that you know I haven't let go
0: yeah uh, not, maybe not
2: or process right so you know thank God I'm I'm going to the VA now to get help for that and and all that so that's that's good Um, some of the other symptoms I noticed, um, my breathing difficulties, sleep apnea, um, early on, um, I had GERD for as long as I can remember getting out, but I didn't know, I didn't know anything about golf or illness. Um, well, who did No, but I mean, even in the nineties, when we were getting some presumptives and stuff, I didn't really know about it. And then I finally started figuring out that I got some crap going on. You know, with my gastrointestinal, with the IBS, with, um, you know, uh, some pain, some joints, some tiredness, you know, just not the inability to function and be able to hold down jobs for meaningful times because you end up writing checks your ass, can't cash, like I said earlier. Um, and, and, you know, it came to a head probably around 2013, and that's when I reached out. And I went to my local VFW post here that I wasn't a member of, but I went to them and they pointed me to McGuire Hospital in Richmond, Virginia, and that there is a Virginia State veteran service officer there that would help me. So I took all my medical information, like I was told, like a good boy, went to McGuire, and I waited from 5 o'clock in the morning, and I saw her at 4.30 in the afternoon. It was wow. it was, it was a, wow. I waited on a bench that long it was ridiculous and i said this is i guess this is how it is here at the va remember this is 2013 sure. um so she took all my information and she took all my medical stuff of course i was the last client of the day so she said i need to scan all this stuff in and i'll mail it to you and i said okay uh, don't ever do that boys and girls make, <laughs> copies. make copies and yeah, get copies. keep right. originals yeah. you know you know pro tip um so I got denied across the board. Everything that I'm rated for today, I was denied then. I didn't know I appealed. I still didn't know why. Of course, I didn't have anybody holding my hand. We didn't have the internet like we have today. We don't have guys like Combat Craig on on YouTube, you know, giving guys pointers and, and helping them with their the claims and, and all the other stuff. Vet Guardian, you know, all those other things. We don't ha- We didn't have that. We do now. In 2016, I get a letter from the Commonwealth of Virginia saying, we are sorry, but the state veteran service officer, unbeknownst to us, took your records and God knows how many other veterans records and took them out of the veteran administration building, out of the hospital to her personal storage facility in Caroline County, Virginia, which is four counties away from the Veterans Hospital. She was found out because she didn't pay her storage bill. And when they auctioned her locker off, they found these records and by law, they have to turn them over and the FBI and whatever, whatever. So the government, the Commonwealth of Virginia, graciously paid for my credit karma for one year. One year, one whole year. One year, one one year. year. We might have a little something I'm exploring my habit. I can't do anything federally about it because of the way the CFR is written um, and it's unfortunate morally they have an obligation to me but legally they don't so we have to understand the legal thing get over, go over our feelings and go by the facts but I might have something to say with the state of Virginia because it was a state employee that screwed me out of benefits so I'll, I'll consult an attorney on that but that's a whole other issue so then I got angry at the, I got bitter. I mean, I hated the government, uh, at that point I just really changed and my whole attitude changed in life. Um, and I threw that letter in the garbage and my sweet wife now, she, thank God for her. She picked that letter out of the garbage can. She put it away for the day that I needed it. Ah. And, and, and I have it. Um, and, and, uh, so, it comes around to 2021 or tw- yeah, 2020, December of 2020. And I started investigating kind of crying out for help on the uh, golf war Illness website. And, you know, I don't know how to ask really well without crying out, but Denise Nichols, she, she saw through all that. And I was resisted for so long. I was like, screw government. I don't care. I don't care. And she kept staying with me, saying me, and finally, after about six months, I relented and I started filing. And in five months' time, I went from zero to eighty percent. Wow! Um, okay. Because I yeah, did what okay. she told me to do, and I'm still, I still got stuff in 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 the in the works that will probably get me to a hundred percent before the year's end, God willing. Because that that's really ultimately where I need to be. I'm at a point in my life now where my symptoms are overtaking me and compromising my ability to work. I work with, I'm an HVAC mechanic and I do commercial HVAC and and commercial properties. I work with high voltage quite often. And I do things very, very rain man and methodically um, because I don't want to get hurt. Um, But I'm finding myself now, one with the brain fog that I've got not doing things in the same order that I always did them before and making mistakes that can cost me my life. And the other thing is the neuropathy that I have in my arms and in my hands. I, when I squeeze, it feels like, you know, it it just feels like electrocutions um, in my hands and I can't grip anymore. I can't feel. So it's, it's making it hard to torque things down because I just don't know if if it's torqued or not. Um, And then I've lost all the muscle strength. You know, I can't lift this anymore well it can live like this all day long but huh. i can't do this i don't know why it's just well strange.
1: i i i'm i'm very happy that you're still able to, to work but as as we all often hear in ourselves as we grow older our bodies things that we are exposed to however it works in our bodies things get more and more difficult and mm-hmm. uh and you have to do what you just Describe yourself as doing me self advocate, um, and uh, Kevin, this, we talked uh, a little bit, you know, about the self being able to self advocate. We had a um, we had a, a gentleman on um, not long ago, and Kevin, you wanted to talk about this a little bit. Yeah, I, know, I, you,
0: I do we're... want to talk about because um, you know, yes, and Denise Nichols is uh, highway information. She because she knows the ins and outs. She's been doing it for so long. And I'm glad she was able to help you. But the gentleman that we had on, uh, thing was two weeks ago. We went into the after the show, and right before we got to the end of the after show, he tells us about this letter he got from the VA that says he is a hundred. He is a hundred percent not able to work. He is disabled, but yet. He wasn't one hundred percent connected with anything, but everything that they had in his records were all presumptives, and so we we're getting him on the right path to get him there. But he had a letter from the VA saying, "Hey, I am one hundred percent connected,"
2: and he'd be able to get CIU back pay uh, because you know on that we we, we, we hope. Because and, that's a, a an unusual circumstance. Yes. For yes. the VA
0: to write and you a letter. you be
2: able to backdate it to that letter, at least the date of that letter.
0: Yes. And then, so, you, you know, everybody has to advocate for themselves more than anybody. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's people on the go for sites who can help you. I mean, there's go for illness truth. There's go for illness. There's, I mean, go for research. The outreach outreach program, I mean, there's so much out there that, you know, veterans to veterans, veterans helping veterans. There's over 100 groups out there with people that are not. Here's a
2: pro tip. Here's a real pro tip for any vet that's not service connected. Go to the VA, file for tinnitus, ringing in the ears. Tell them you have ringing in the ears. If you have ringing in the ears, I mean, don't lie, but if you have ringing in your ears and you were a vet, there's really not a test that they can do to prove, disprove that you don't have ringing in the ears. So, right.
0: you well, can get I, I always tell everybody it's
2: only 10%, but you can right. b- build 100% PT. Scheduled rating off of a 10% rating. Right. But as I tell that's everybody,
0: no <laughs> I want everybody to file exactly what they have. Nothing more, that's right. nothing less. And I have had guys who have called me and said, oh, hey, you know what? Uh, I'm going to file for PTSD because I that's easy to you know, prove even though I don't have it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because that's taken away from somebody who has PTSD that needs a counselor
2: here's the thing that they don't realize yeah you can do that and you can go in and you can fool the cmp examiner and but you're gonna have to have some medical evidence and i had a i had a well established claim because i had a lot of private and medical evidence to back up my claim but at the same token the, the you know they can look at your ratings if you're not going to seek and seeking help and you're not PNT where your your rating is just shut for shut for life. They can go back and look and say, Well, if you have a 70% rating for PTSD, but you haven't sought help in three years. Right. Well, maybe well, you're not the- a seventy percent PTSD, maybe you don't have it because you're not seeking help to right believe but, and, you. and you, you have to continue seeking treatment for the things they rate you for.
0: But this is the thing that gets me. Y'all can go back and look at on VA.gov and Everybody's like, well, you know, really vaccine injury, there's no really such a thing. You know, the the VA doesn't believe that anthrax vaccine is this, this, this. But if you go to va.gov and you type in, they talk about the anthrax, about how some people were affected by it. And then you go in and they talk about toxins, sarin gas, mustard. I mean, the VA talks about it on their website.
2: They stopped giving it to line troops they thrax in two thousand and five because because, well, right, it caused problems.
0: Right, because the uh fifth I think it was the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals told them they can't do it anymore. Right. But the thing that gets me about it is is it's on their websites, it's on this, but our congressmen needed to put a bill together for that, included into the PACT Act. And that's what I'm upset about is they took a lot of really good stuff out of it that people since the 1990s have been trying to put this bill together. Really, they've been forming information that researchers and all this stuff. I mean, they had everything that proof, but they didn't want certain word and put in there because they knew it'd be like Vietnam. They had to go back and pay a whole bunch of people back.
2: Look man, our, yeah. you know, our government they they love to be able to spend money for wars but they can't afford the cost of it.
1: Well, you know, yeah. It. So that that's true and we, Kevin and I have definitely shared our opinions on the Pact Act and my you know, we all have our opinions. It is what it is. It's there. Yeah. I don't I'm not going to give any politician a pat on the back for doing which should have already been in place. That being said, it's there, like we've all discussed, you have to advocate yourself. Picking up a phone call one time and saying I need help and then waiting in response if it doesn't come, what are you gonna do? You gotta be proactive. Pick Mm -hmm. up the damn phone call after a day or two and keep on doing it. You Mm -hmm. wouldn't stop if you're active duty, you're expected to continue. That doesn't change in the civilian world that you're suffering. Nobody's gonna come knocking on your door and start asking you a bunch of questions Is because they think you had a bad day. We're not mind readers. You got to do it yourself. That, right, and we are right. more than happy to help you along. And for God's sakes, you know, if you've been dealing with this for a long time, you're, to get your, uh, what you got coming from, okay, what, what you're dealing with is not going to come in a month or two or three. Every single person that we've dealt with, the scenarios vary sometimes significantly you know you have to if if you've been dealing this and you're not getting any tread okay that vso if you're going through a vso and they're not working change your vso if you've already done that and you're and you're tired of pounding your head on the table because you're not giving action don't do the thing that a lot of our government hopes that you're going to do that is give up you know go to the next step in a in certain circumstances Go to an attorney. Because, yes, they will get a small a, a percentage of pay. It's either that or sit back and feel miserable and sad for yourself. Uh-uh. None of us are put together like that. I know depression's a bitch.
0: We but- were poisoned. That's just it. We were poisoned. We were, you know, we, we, we were screwed out there. That's how I look at it. And mm-hmm. But... But here's the thing that gets me, and uh, this hasn't been talked about very much, though, and I'm going to say this. Almost everybody out there knows a veteran. I mean, the veteran could be a World War II vet. A veteran could be a a Korean vet. I mean, a veteran could be in Vietnam. If you know them, ask them, have you ever signed up with a VA for benefits? And I'm not talking about people for benefits as far as you get monthly checks for the rest of y'all's lives. I'm talking about to see what you qualify for, for even later on in life. I mean, there's elderly veterans that are sitting in these shitholes. I'll say it again. They're sitting in shitholes that are, that probably don't have much family or no family. (laughs) that are lying in these beds waiting to pass away that really and truly could have such a better in life by using benefits, but they didn't know or they didn't, or nobody took the time out to explain to them, call the 1-800-827-1000 and just get signed up with the VA. I mean, they'll help you with elderly care. They'll help you with wheelchairs, scooters. I mean, That isn't being talked enough. And that's the part that what that's more upsetting to me now than anything is because I will tell these vets. Well, do you know if you don't sign up for this and you pass away, it doesn't transfer to your wife unless you're in the system. And y'all can argue with me. Anybody can argue with me. Come on the program that uh, about this. These are not benefits. Your ass earned it. You That's went off, word. fought for your country. We volunteered. Uh, be honest, I, I volunteered. Did I know I was going to go to war? No, I would not volunteer I'll be honest with you.
1: I loved how you just put that, Kevin. These aren't benefits. I, I don't think I've ever heard it put quite like, they not benefits, you earned it.
0: Yes, you know? these guys that, that had to be drafted, And these guys who did go in the the greatest generation of our lifetime that who are in their, you know, 80s and 90s and 100s that I mean, these guys went out there to make our lives what it is today is world perfect right now. Hell no, but they went out there, they fought for us and then The next generation went out and fought for us. Our generation went out and fought for us. Next generation behind us. So on, so on. You know where I'm going. These are not benefits. This isn't something. This is not a social program. Anybody want to come on a program, argue with me on this? This is not a social program. You earn this when you sign,
1: and you you don't get awarded. I. I hate that term awarded. awarded. No like shit. You want some prize. Yeah.
0: You know. Right. And, and and that's what's not being. Instead of saying you know know what your benefits are. No. Know what they owe you, as an elderly person that is sitting that monthly in a check show. I get
2: doesn't say benefits. It says compensation and pension.
0: Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it doesn't I, say
2: anything about a benefit.
0: Hey, I, I'm gonna let no. you know. I had two uncles that fought in Vietnam. One of them had to get divorced from his wife in order to have cancer treatment. Huh. What kind of That's bullshit better. is that? Now, his wife does not get the VA benefits. I think I'm going to try to go back and fight for her and say, wait a second. Y'all made this happen. So now I'm going. I, I, that needs to be changed. Why should a veteran who went over that was drafted, I mean, drafted, And man, I'm telling you, I'm about to get pissed. So uh, <laughs> get drafted. Go over there. Die at such a young age. Yeah, that's crazy. A young age of something you did. I mean, these guys didn't come home and talk about what they went through. They didn't come out and podcast what they went through. I wish they did if probably would have helped them. They didn't know their benefits. They were spit on. They, they they were disrespected. We came home with the yellow ribbons tied around our trees. We they made songs about us going over there. I, I mean, we, when we I was came back, one of back, like three
2: boys in my town. They had a parade for me, man. Right, there was like three of us on the float.
0: Right, and now think about that. Them guys didn't get it, so now we need to help them to make sure they get every thing that they've earned. And that's our job, but our job is also not to allow our children that are up in age that could get drafted for a war between Russia, China, or whoever the hell is—you yeah. know—we're going to go up against. It seems like uh, we need yeah. to make sure that they're well prepared. They know what to expect. I mean, there's chemical warfare everywhere out there. I don't care anybody's Our country's
1: says. a scary place right now. Our country is it, a scary it, place. It, our it world, is. I guess, we should say, because we're 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 kind of, I the way I see it, I see things teetering. You know, there's a lot of teetering going on. You know, with, with in our world, you know, and it's yeah. like, okay, who's gonna make? Who's gonna screw up? Who's gonna make that bad decision? Which I think it, you know. And, and I don't know, Russia both, both China, doesn't
2: do that. And, and Jeremy, hey,
0: hey, and Jeremy wrote down here, Jeremy Daniels, I, I, it, they are drafted or owed entitlements. You damn right.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, they, they, they are.
2: I, I, it was explained to me like this if you were in a civilian job and you left your civilian job and you had your medical and your dental and on your life and vision and all that you're allowed to keep those benefits entitlements whatever you want to call them with you and leave under the cobra thing right it's no different these are things that the law the CFR has afforded to us because they realize and 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 have have conceded that yes if you have these conditions it's more than likely caused from Gulf war right films or whatever yeah. you know uh, it's a presumptive for that <laughs> and, and all I- you gotta do is prove you got it if you got it yeah. then you're uh right sorry i got stuff falling off the walls of my camper no. um <laughs> if you if you, if because i don't have the, i don't have it you know i just got back home so i don't have the stabilizers down um yeah it's all you gotta do is prove it you know and that's the hardest thing it's the one thing that vets don't understand go to your doctor you know read about what read about what it is that we have as presumptives in the gulf war and in the pact act match it up to your symptoms try to start try to start matching and connecting the dots then if you got uh you know go to go to your you know get a colonoscopy and endoscopy you know, from your gastroenterologist, see a rheumatologist, start there. Maybe a neuropath, you know, a neurologist if you have things that I was telling you about that I have with the neuropathy in my arms and legs. But get this stuff on record and get it documented. Because yeah. the more you the more you complain about it to your civilian doctors, this is going to take time and effort, but yeah. it pays off. It pays off. You know, and if you need help. There are like you like John had mentioned there, there's there's like Vet Guardian. My my cousin is a command sergeant major, retired uh ranger. Um, and uh he's helping me out with that because he knows the CEO of that. That's a large thunderstorm coming in. Um and their their gig is they're gonna take five months of your compensation and pension. So if you get at a hundred percent rating, so that's about 3,500 bucks a month on the average for the average vet at hundred percent times five. That sounds like a lot of money. That's $15,000 that you give up of your compensation to get the people to help you develop your claims, to get you a hundred percent rating, if you deserve that rating, hundred percent rating real quick, and then get you on SSDI if you can't work. Those two programs right there that are afforded to us as veterans. I like are that word. Millions and millions of dollars over the course of 20 to 30 years that most of us have Man. hopefully have left in our life. Why would you go to a casino and leave a million dollars in chips on the table when you know? All you got to do is put two hundred and fifty dollars down in chips, and you're gonna take those chips home. Why do you do it? Right. I mean, it yeah. sounds mean, uh, and it I sounds like, like yeah. Yeah. greedy.
0: I like that. It sounds
2: greedy, yeah. but you've got to look at the VA as a casino, and you've got That's to be a good comparison. And, yeah. and, and, good comparison. Tom. And, and yeah. I,
0: I want to give, I want to give kudos also to Tim. Tim just put down here, sign up for the burn pit registry, and exactly. and to let everybody know. Even if you're not affected now, it doesn't mean two years, five years, ten years, you won't be. Get, get put on a registry. But there isn't just the burn pit registry. There's also the oil rig registries. There's other registries that if you're in the Navy, out of the oil well fire rigs and all that stuff, there's different registries. But the burn pit registry is the main one. Get signed And with that being said, uh, you know, to me, Tom, this has been, this is, this is, this is a good one tonight. I mean, I, I,
2: I like the Pokemon. I've been very passionate about this because I got screwed and I was bitter about it for a decade. Right. I'm no longer bitter about it now. I've turned my bitter and angeredness into a passion and, and, and to, much to my wife's chagrin, actually. She's like, will you just shut up, please? But <laughs> it, 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 it consumes me and it has to consume me. And I keep telling her it has to consume me until I get to 100 percent PNT, which is what I rightfully deserve, because when I get there, it's for you. It's for my child. My, I don't know if I said this. my 17 year old just beat brain cancer. He had three brain tumors. And that kid is in the National Honor Society, a 4.3 GPA, in dual enrollment, getting ready to go into, into his senior year, wanted to go to the Air Force Academy, had the congressional nod from the uh, vice chairman of the Armed Services Committee who happens to be my congressman. Um, and he would have been there, but cancer has stopped that. But now he wants to be a, a pediatric oncology nurse. For me, the benefit for me, if I get 100% percent p My son, the state of Virginia, will pay for his college tuition to any state school he wants to go to. And he wants to go to Virginia Commonwealth University right down the road from me Um, because that's the university that saved his life. Um, And uh, on top of that, the federal government, as long as he's he's full-time, will pay him, I think it's $1,450 a month tax-free to go to school to use whatever the hell he wants on top of his scholarships so he can go buy a ride. He can pay his rent. He can put groceries on the table. Well, he does, doesn't have to worry about it. Yeah, but it does, your
0: state, do does your state does your state does your state offer that if you were born there and you went in the military, they get free education, like Texas you does? Do he doesn't get...
2: have to be resident here. My state just actually raised um, the the state um, uh, tax for uh, military retirees too.
0: Oh wow! So if
2: you're a military retiree, you pay less income tax on your retirement. And they're trying to actually reduce it almost completely for state re- for, for military retirees. And for Man, we got I, a lot of military here. I mean, badass. Where you, we got Norfolk.
0: And John, what is your last words of wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> last words of wisdom. I no, I just, I
1: just, <laughs> no, I just appreciate Tom coming on and, and sharing, uh, his experience and advocate for yourself, advocate for yourself. Pick up the phone. Don't wait on the email. You know, you know, stay on top of things. Nobody's going to come knocking on the door saying, hey, can I help you? You got to do it yourself. Um, We are more than willing to lead you in the right direction. You know, um, we have experience. Um, There is no magic wand. You know, like Tom explained earlier, you have to prove some things are progressive. Hey, yeah, right. (laughs) Magic (laughs) wand. (laughs) No. And,
0: and, and and you're right, but I'm gonna. Uh, this is where I'm gonna leave it for tonight with everybody. All right, and I know it's Chrissy that probably wrote this more than anybody, but when you sign up, list all known toxins. The forms may say airborne. Put all exposures in your life, and go for a registry. Sign up for that, and for Desert Storm Desert uh, Shield. Era. Even if you were not deployed, sign up. List your known uh, toxins. That's where I'm gonna leave it. And I want to thank everybody for listening tonight. This is an important message. And uh, I almost want to go beep beep beep. This important announcement. (laughs) Pay attention.
2: (laughs) But I'm not. You forgot the one last thing. The most important thing. Twenty two a day, guys. That's right. Twenty two a gig suicide is is the number one killer of veterans and there's a suicide hotline number and i don't know it off the hand but it's on every one of my va medication bottles it's on the top and if you got a problem i mean you know please post it but um there is a number give that number a call it's free it's 100% free to any veteran no matter what your status is whether you're service connected or not
0: and i know See, that and no and, and and i know cuz i had to call it because of the va yeah. Thank you all for listening and everybody have a great night and God bless everybody, man. Thank you for listening to go for side effects. If you have a story or you would like to share or just come on with any comments or questions, please email me at Kevin Simon at